many athletes struggle to find purpose outside of sports. They fall into the false narrative that the ball is life which causes them to have identity issues when sports actually ends. Michael Barham teaches athletes how to use their natural gifts on purpose for a purpose. His mission is to help 1 million athletes discover their gifts after sports and monetize them by creating their own brand. If you are an ex-athlete or looking to progress into professional sports, you will need to be prepared for challenges that come with success as well as at the end of your sports career. Tune in with Michael Barham from the USA who will help you discover career and brand. Good evening, everyone. Welcome, welcome. This is Trevor Yermaikata. I want to welcome you to podcast show. Yes, you can. And tonight I'm your host with our wonderful guest from United States who will be coming on to talk to us about career after sports. And I'm so glad to see you joining us. And we have our regular shows running every Thursday, 12 p.m. and 7 p.m. live. So I want to welcome you all for coming in and joining us. And I'm so excited to have our wonderful guest with us. who's going to be sharing us some very important tips and ideas of how you can help yourself in your career after sports. So at this moment in time, I'm just going to do a quick uh, run through to let you know, update what's coming on and what's going to be happening very, very soon on this show as you are joining us. Okay, so let's have a look. We uh, Next stage is, we have another guest coming up, which is going to be next week, Thursday. And his name is Harold Ante from the Bahamas, 30 years of career as sales in insurance. And he will be joining us on the actual day, which is Thursday, the 1st of July. Believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, we are running through the year. We're nearly almost coming to the end of the year, six months to go, and we're already approaching July. But he will be with us from Bahamas, um, tremendous guy who's got 30 years of experience in sales. So if you're a business looking to turn over, or you're looking to make a, a sales warrior to turn over your income, and in the pandemic is affecting you, this is a show for you. I recommend and encourage you to join us. And that's on Thursday, the 1st of July at 12 p.m. GMT time, which is United Kingdom time, and join us with Harold Anter. And his title is Discover the Secret to Success in Sales. Also, what we're going to let you know, if you'd like to be a guest, I'm always on the lookout for a wonderful guest who's got an inspiring story, a hobby, or a business that will promote and encourage worldwide viewers 
to learn to step out of the comfort zone and to become an impact in their life and worldwide. So if you would like to be a guest, there's an opportunity for you to email me at info at livingyourgoodlife.co.uk. That info at livingyourgoodlife.co.uk. So if you're interested in being a guest on this show, please do get in touch by that email. As I said, uh, we are now going to go straight in to our wonderful guest who is joining us. And uh, Michael, all the way from United States. And he is our guest tonight. who's going to be talking to us about career after sports. So, so we're going to hold up the time. I'm going to ask him to come into the room, uh, introduce himself. So welcome to the show, Michael. Thank you for having me. How are you doing today, Joe? Oh, I'm doing wonderful. I'm so excited to have you on. And uh, I'm a sport active guy myself, so I've got my pen and paper ready to take some notes. So wonderful. I love it. I love it. I'm, I'm grateful to be able to add value to you all. Absolutely. Well, Michael, I, I'm, I know you've got a lot to cover today. And, um, and I know you've got a lot of very important keys. But before we even get to the nitty gritty side of things, which I know we're going to get into some deep discussions about sports and what you have been up to. First of all, for the benefit of our listeners who are listening to this show, could you introduce yourself, where you're from, you're growing up, and then we'll move straight into the real questions. Absolutely. Uh, I am Michael Barham, uh, first uh, a father, a husband, um, a leader, servant. Uh, I grew up in uh, Alabama, inside of the United States. Uh, it's home of Nick Saban football, if you're familiar with the championships uh, that are won in college football, but that that is where um, I, I grew up. I grew up in a single parent household and I was introduced to the game of basketball uh, from my uncle who stepped in and raised me. And uh, at the age of five years old, he put the ball in my hand and, and I just kind of fell in love. I use it as my coping mechanism um, from acting out because I got in trouble a lot and I fell in love with the sport um, had the opportunity to, to play up until the high school level uh, and that is when my world got shocked uh, when I thought you know I was gonna have the opportunity to go to the next level and everything ended and I, and I just went through this this rough transition uh, on trying to figure out what's next inside of my life uh, I was blessed to have an opportunity to start coaching uh, basketball, which at a young age, which forced me to have to grow up and, and be responsible and become a leader. And, um, you know, I went through that phase of, of coaching high school basketball for the last 11 years. And during that time, that's where I really learned that there was, uh, it wasn't just me, there was a bigger issue at hand to fight here. So uh, that that is me in a spill. You know, I, I get the opportunity to travel and speak to, you know, athletes um, and, and business owners. So I get the opportunity to go inside of and speak about leadership as well. So um, that is that if you're not, if I'm not speaking, I'm, I'm at home playing with my, my two youngest little girls, uh, just having fun with them and my wife as well. That's me. Okay. That's a long, heavy history there. And uh, <laughs> it's something heavy, heavy. Are you in a heavy ring tonight to give us some real talk? <laughs> Talk meat to talk about tonight. I'm so excited for that. Um, yeah, Michael, one of the things I do know that I, I'm a basketball fan myself, like my son, you probably might want to go into tug on the rough wheel with me. I'm from Boston. I like the Boston Celtic. Is that your team? 
Oh, I'm not really a Celtic, so <laughs> so we may have to go back and forth because I'm a Lakers. I love LeBron James, so I'm a part of that era where we don't really follow the team, we follow the players. So I, I've grown up loving LeBron James, so I would say it's kind of a little rival going with the Boston Celtics and the Lakers there. <laughs> All right, right. So we can still be friends, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fantastic. Now, Michael, what's interesting is you, you mentioned the title, what I like about the title is When the Ball Goes Flat. Mm -hmm. Now, when I think of the ball going flat, I know nobody can play after that. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, that ball's gone. But tell me a little bit about the secret of that title, When the Ball Goes Flat. What's the meaning of that? Why did you come up with that title? So uh, it was. it's funny because that message is what we preach to our high school athletes every single day in practice on, you know, you have to exert everything that you have. You have to, you can't take a day off. Uh, it doesn't matter how you feel right now in the moment. You can't be led by your emotions. You have to give everything because whether it's injury, whether it be the end of your career, one day is not if, but one day the ball is going to go flat and you don't want to have any regret. Uh, when it does. And so with the title of When the Ball Goes Flat, you know, I had a book that I just released and it comes behind that, When the Ball Goes Flat, uh, that an athlete's got to rise up and pursue purpose after sports. When the ball goes flat, it's time for you personally to rise up because a lot of our athletes lean on the sport. If you ask an athlete or you ask somebody, who are you? The first thing they'll go into, well, I'm a basketball player or I'm a football player and their identity is tied in that. And so a lot of times when the ball goes flat, that identity is flat as well. And so during that process, they have to rebuild themselves up because they spent their entire time building up the athlete and not the person. So that's kind of where that when the ball goes flat um, kind of came from and a little bit behind that, because a lot of times athletes don't take they take for granted that the ball is going to go flat, whether it's high school, whether it's college or pros, you know, is going to end at some point in time. And, and what have you done during that time that helped you uh, build up yourself as a person and still, you know, not go through that identity crisis or still have some fulfillment where you're like, well, I'm still somebody. I'm still, I still have purpose inside of me to live out. Right. Now, that's interesting you mentioned that because I wanted to ask you going back to when you got involved in basketball and football career, was it already on your mind that was going to be for the rest of your life career? You didn't see anything outside of that in case anything goes a different way. Is that the way you were thinking at that time? Oh, absolutely. Um, for me, I grew up in a rural area. So for me, that was my ticket out of the hood. Um, you know, it was me, my mom and my sister. And so I didn't see anything else but that. But I didn't understand how hard I had to work in order to fulfill that dream. And so I have did it. But that was the only thing I saw in my mind. I didn't really pay school any attention. I used my charisma to get past classes uh, with teachers and stuff like that. And so it didn't really hit me for real, for real until I got in college. And I was like, whoa, this is a real world. You know, my charisma is not going to work anymore. Uh, and so uh, I really did think, you know, that was my dream to go to the NBA and to play ball. But all of that, you know, kind of ended very fastly for me. <laughs> Right, right. I get you. So going back to your time at that period, did your parents or your friends always, I mean, my parents did, I mean, even I do with my son, but basketball is good, but hey, keep your mind open onto other opportunities. Don't put your heart and your mind into basketball. Did you get any surrounding scenarios of encouragement at that time or were you just gone straight in? That was your mind and that's what you need to do. How did it work? Any ideas? 
So uh, during that time, because of my makeup, I didn't get any of that. And this is why um, my mom was so set on being proud of me if I wasn't dead or in jail. Um, in the, the place where I grew up at, it was so many of my friends surrounding that were, you know, either doing drugs, selling drugs, robbing people. So she was just glad that her son made it at that particular point. So if I wasn't getting in trouble, she was fine with whatever option I choose. And she didn't necessarily, you know, say, hey, you need to focus on this, focus on that. Now, when I got into the 12th grade, I did have a, a, a teacher or instructor by the name of Miss Forte. She kind of shocked me. It was like, hey, you know, it, it has to be more than that ball. You know, let's start thinking like you're more than an athlete. And so she would try to pull things out of us and, and toward the end. I mean, it made me want to actually start learning more and actually going to college because at that particular time, I didn't even see myself as valuable enough to go to college because I was just thinking about basketball. Right, right. And I mean, when you look at the, the way sports is created and set up, it's like one of the greatest passions for any man or woman to get involved in sports because it gives you that opportunity and career. But in terms of mindset, would you say from your experience, sports is good, but it doesn't prepare you mentally on other avenues and opportunities? So I would, I would kind of... I would argue against that a little bit. And this is why I tell, from my perspective, I tell athletes, I tell, I feel like personally, the athletes are the most marketable human beings on earth. And this is why you spend day in and day out dealing with adversity, problem solving, forcing yourself to become a leader. These are the things that transfer into any other field in life. Because when you look at a, a job perspective, they want a leader, they want a self-starter. There are always problems that we have to solve. Um, and then they want somebody to deal with adversity when things go wrong. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So those are things that are transferable if we look at them in the right space. So mentally, it helps you because you're always looking to defeat the opposition. And so when you build that skill and that mindset to always want to dominate and to deal with adversity, I feel like it's very transferable. You know, if I'm a doctor, I need to have a good mindset if surgery goes wrong. Uh, if I am a lawyer, I need to have a good mindset if this case doesn't go how it is. So, you know, depending on where you're going, mindset is very important. And, and in sports, mindset is one of the biggest components because you're, you're having to, to deal with opposition day in and day out. Right. So going back to your timing and getting involved, would you say there's a change dramatically on preparing athletes before they're going to mentally or is it still the same to you uh it's definitely a change i think a lot of people are more um it, the the top the subject on mindset is definitely bigger now um you know we have we have the not only the michael jordans but uh kobe bryant the mumba mentality so when we talk about mindset his his whole era mumba mentality is about dealing with adversity and, and not letting it affect you. Uh, and so nowadays, it's definitely very important to lean in on it because we're in a, a generation where um, it seems like mindset is, their mindset is more so, uh, uh, is weakening a bit. So it's, it's more vital to lean in on it to where, you know, things are typically affecting them a little bit more than it should from a mindset perspective, because they're getting things a little bit different, faster than, mm. than most people had to get. So mindset is definitely vital. And, and it's being, most a lot of people are leaning in on it a whole lot more. 
than they did back then. For me, a lot of life made help with my mindset as well. So dealing with life adversity sometimes helped build my mindset for sports and everything else. So uh, if that makes sense. Right, okay. So obviously as you got involved, you saw a lot of the uh, inside game once you got involved with the coach and other players and et cetera. Um, what, would it a scary situation for you when you realize that certain things can change unexpectedly, taking you out of sports and realizing going back to the personal lifestyle of getting education and doing other things and not just sports. Was there any time of fear for you at that time when you realized your peak of getting into sports was coming to a standstill now? How would your state mentally and how were you coping with that? Uh, to be honest with you, it was very scary. I was broken. Um, at that particular time, my my father was, I was a senior in high school. My father was just trying to come back into my life. So I was dealing with the emotions of, do, do I let him in? Do I not? Um, I don't know what I want to go to school for. I know my uncle who was a big uh, influence on in my life. He had a business. So I was like, do I major in business? But I don't want his type of business. So what do I want to do for? Do I go physical education because I want to become a coach? And so I went through that spill of not knowing like what's next or what I want to do. Um, because no one ever had the conversation with me uh, on the ball going flat and how to transition. So it was very scary for me. Um, but it was one of those things where it's like, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew what I did not want to do. And I, I leaned in on the things that were around me, the negative things that were happening. I knew I didn't want that. So I looked at that. Okay, cool. That leads to jail. Okay, cool. That leads to someone dying. That leads to this. I don't want that. So let's, let me just go this way. So even in that stuck period of confusion, although I didn't know what I wanted, I know what I did not want. And I used that, that marker and I, I had that to kind of guide me. Right. Okay. I can see the challenges uh, when it comes to sports. And this is why I want to take you to the next question is to find out is um, the way sports is set up. It can be a very challenging area. Unexpected situation can happen. So what was your long-term plan once you was in? Did you have a specific goal? Was it to play for the NBA or anything like that? Do you, what was your goal while you was in that before things start to turn a bit different? So the, the ultimate goal was, was to play in college. A lot of my friends were getting scholarship offers and preparing to, to go to the next level. So I just wanted to, to play ball in college. I wanted it to continue to go. Like it was more so, of, I just want to keep doing this. You know, I don't know where this is going to go, but I want to keep doing this. So the ultimate goal uh, in my mind was to, to uh, play in college before we can even get to the NBA. I just want to get to the next level. So that was my ultimate goal. Right, okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have Michael Barham, all from the United States, and he's sharing to us about his experience of where you have the ball goes flat. What happened to your career when your sports is no longer part of your life? Well, we're going to be coming straight back after a commercial break, and we're going to go further into detail with our guests to take it to another stage of what happens after sports career. So just hold back. We're coming back after the break. Are you struggling to reach your sales financial goals for your business or sale career? Has the pandemic hurt your sales? 
Harold Anter from the Bahamas is a sales expert with 30 years of experience teaching sales professionals how to improve their sales skills and become successful in the sales arena, regardless of what industry you are in. Harold focuses on five critical areas required of any individual in sales to achieve success. Motivation, mental armor, sales strategies, sales skills, and product knowledge. No matter what current state your business is in, Join us Thursday, 1st July at 12 p.m. on Yes, You Can Show. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are here with our guest, Michael Barham, who's here to talk to us about when the ball goes flat. Now, he's just given us some interesting story of his growing up, his involvement in him getting into sports. Now, Michael, we're now moving on to the second stage of this interview because uh, obviously things kind of went the other way, unexpected. So give us some idea of when things begin to go differently. What was your thoughts and what were your intentions and what is it that you decide, you decided to focus on? So uh, things kind of took a shift for me at first when I first started coaching basketball. It was my escape from getting out of trouble. So I would tell my friends, yo, I can't do this anymore because I have to coach. But it was a little league basketball situation. Well, I had the opportunity to coach high school basketball, which was a shock for me because I was young. I was 22 years old, and here I am uh, having to lead 16 to 18 years old. We're close in age. And so for me, at that particular point, the starting point happened is I had to learn how to lead them in a different way. So I couldn't kind of, you know, uh, bark at them because the respect level was totally different. So as I began to seek um, guidance and growth. I, mean, I started to, to go into a lot of professional development. I, I'd seek mentors like Eric Thomas, and, and I would go to um, his uh, his conferences and get into those programs and to grow as a leader. But when I went inside of those programs, the funny thing happened. I began to elevate my mind and my actions because I got around people who were better than me. So I, I began to have crazy thoughts like, whoa, I can be an author because I'm surrounded by authors. I had crazy thoughts like, well, I can be a business owner and make uh, and be wealthy because I'm around a lot of wealthy people and they look like me. And so as I began to get into those spaces, um, my belief began to increase. And so at that particular point, I knew there was three things that had to happen for me. Um, first thing I had to do was I had to shift my mind. I remember mm -hmm. like yesterday I was in the conference and and he said, 90% of this room, I will give you everything I have because 90% of this room will not execute. You'll go home and you'll do the same thing. Well, my heart sunk to the ground because I was so high at the conference on excitement of information and I left and I was a part of that 90%. So I was like, I got the information, but now I have to shift my mind to, to apply. Then I have to shift my habits. Um, just because I had information, my habits had to line up with the information. And the third thing was I had to shift my environment. I was like, I can't just go into this environment one time. That was where the growth was. And it challenged me to become a better person because the people around me, they weren't bad people, but they weren't trying to execute at the level that I desired to do. So once I shifted my mind, I shifted my habits and shifted my environments. I started to see a lot of fruit in my life. I started to see a lot of things happen uh, for my betterment. Okay. Now, at that time as well, when young people, when you were young, 
you go through a lot of emotional challenge and the passion to do what you want to do, when that gets taken away from you, the young person's emotions is not the same as the adult's emotion to say, okay, I can move on. Young people are like, ah, damn, this is what I need to do. This is what I want to do. Were there a lot of emotional attachment to you based on people who were ahead of you? Was there any jealousy that you sensed? Did you feel like they, uh, you could have done better than them? Do you feel like they shouldn't deserve to be ahead of you at that young age? Oh, absolutely. I think the biggest thing, the first thing I went through was, I like to call it, I was in the victim pool. So what happened was during that time, the only thing that I can think about was the things that didn't go right in my life and who all fault it was. So as, as a senior in high school, I went through three basketball coaches, three head coaches. The first coach got fired. The second coach went missing because of drugs uh, and they found him. And the third coach, um, he was just the B team coach that elevated. Well, going through all of that as a senior in high school, that kind of hurt me. And so for me, I was kind of mad. And, and every time somebody would say, well, how, why didn't you go to, to play ball and stuff like that? You know, I was looking to point the blame. So emotionally, uh, you know, I was caught into the victim pool and it, and it hurt my growth because I didn't take responsibility for anything. And so, like you said, seeing certain people do certain things, I'm like, yeah, they're not better than me. Like we put on our, we put on our, we put on our clothes the same way. You know what I'm saying? We, we have the same opportunities. I'm just as skilled as you. Um, and so, yes, definitely it was an emotional thing because I was in a victim pool or victim mentality uh, in the beginning. And it was a hard transition of getting there. And like you said, me getting in that different environment of people saying, hey, I went through this adversity too. If you don't have control of the outcome, then you will always stay where you are. So as a young mind, it was hard to process that, but getting around um, older people who were, uh, who've been through it, that was kind of like, yo, my daddy wasn't there too. And he probably ain't gonna ever come. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yes, uh, I, I hit this wall too. And until mm -hmm. you complete responsibility, of your failures and setbacks, it's going to stay the same. So uh, that was the thing that helped me because emotionally I was, you know, it was hard for me to transition uh, into that. Right. Now, the reason why I asked that, Michael, because we're seeing a, a rapid growth now of young, grown up community work, people going into sports at a young age, they're in a big top club, they're playing for NBA or playing soccer, which you call over there, we play football over here, and they're getting recruited. And it's a big set of scenario. It's a big arena for them. And emotionally young people, it's like, wow, I'm in. But when you look at it, would you say that when you look back at your own young age compared to the young ones now, and you explained about your emotions, it can get you to an edge where you think, damn, I should be doing better than him. Do you think the young people are now prepared now to go into clubs and prepare themselves to get to where they need to get based on the time when you were developed? Well, yes, they're, they're definitely prepared. And I think the thing is, though, um, it's it's a they have to be a whole lot tougher because when I was growing up, there wasn't a lot of uh, kids who were looking to develop at a high level. Not everybody wants to. You have social media. So you see everybody else, you know, posting their highlights. You see everybody else working. So they have to be uh, a tad bit stronger mentally and they have to have uh, have to have more uh, work ethic to actually get there because like you said there's a lot of different clubs there are a lot of different levels there's a not there's a a kid on the other side of 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 town who wants the same thing that you want are you going to work as hard as them are you going to miss uh a few uh outings with your friends are you going to 
put the video game down or, mm -hmm. you know, say no to a few things just to get an edge on the person who's beside you who want the exact same thing that you want. And so it's little things like that 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 are that are hurt them if they are not locked in mentally. So, yeah, they, they definitely they have it just a tad bit harder because now uh, because of social media, we're able to see the hard work that athletes actually put in. So there's a lot more people who want to do it. Like we're just now seeing the tapes of Michael Jordan. We're just mm -hmm. now seeing the tapes of the people who were working and how they, the work that they put in. So we didn't know. We didn't, we were trying to kind of guess, but right. nowadays the athletes are seeing uh, the work that it takes to put in. So now everybody wants to work. Mm -hmm. So uh, absolutely mentally, it is just, it's a tad bit tougher because they have a lot more uh, blocking them and riding on them. Right. Okay. Now, also, you probably agree the pace of this sport is moving very fast. Uh, it's having to keep your mind focused on activities and contract coming to sign you up. You're going to another club. Now, I'm asking this because I'm just visualizing your experience, getting involved in what you saw and came out, and then you have to change your mindset. Was it? Uh, would you say the young people are prepared for this kind of thing, prepared to what you went through? Would you say they're ready for this or not? It, it depends on their surroundings, right? So it depends on the people that they have in their ear. Because even in this day and time, as a coach, the things that we prepare our players for, it's some, it's some kids on the other side of town who are not prepared the same way. So it's based on the level of leadership and influence they have around them who is preparing them. Not everybody is prepared at the same level. It just depends on who they have in their area, in their corner that is preparing them. So, you know, we may focus on life uh, and sports at my school. I see other schools who aren't, and I'm having to help, you know, their athletes when they're done with the game uh, to help prepare them in a way that it wasn't. So everybody isn't prepared the same, mm -hmm. to be honest. Right. right. Now, the interesting thing, Michael, you end up being a coach now. You end up being a mm -hmm. coach. You got involved and coach people. What would you say have changed you and what have prepared you for other people who are going involved into sports? Oh, what's changed me? Um, I think the biggest thing that's changed me is seeing, seeing the results of your, your hard work, right? Seeing that all I have to do is believe in someone more than they believed in themselves. And then the light bulb goes off and they're like, whoa, you know, that's mm -hmm. how it is with coaches. A lot of times you see the potential before the actual person sees the potential. And so mm -hmm. sometimes it is hard because it's like, whoa, you don't even see what I see. You mm -hmm. could be at a whole nother level if you just locked in. And so sometimes I think the biggest things that really shifted my mind is when I saw a kid a few years later and they were doing well. And that was like, if it wasn't for the times that you took out for me, if it wasn't for, you know, the encouraging words, if it wasn't for you seeing me more than just an athlete and pouring into me and preparing me for life, I don't know where I would be. And so that shifted in my mind. So it's the same thing. I had those individuals who, who kind of believed in me. I, I, I was a late bloomer. So mm -hmm. uh, I didn't, I didn't have a good uh, uh, showing in basketball until 
probably my the later my junior year to my senior year of high school. And it was because I had a, a new uh, trainer that came out on the team and he pushed me like I've never been pushed before. And he believed in me like I've never been believed in before. And it pulled something different out of me. And so I saw that. And I implemented that in my mind as checking, catching those athletes who may not be as skilled, so to speak, but uh, pulling that beast, pulling that dog outside of them um, and helping them become better than they even feel like they're going to be. So that is definitely what changed and shifted in me. Okay. Now, here's an interesting thing, Michael. This can apply to not only people in sport, but people in families, people in business, people in career. Again, the mindset, when we get ourselves in a different scenario, we have to change our way we think in order to look at what we want to do. If I leave my job nine to five, what am I going to do next? Or if I'm going to have to start a new family, how am I going to prepare myself for a new family, for my children, my wife? So it's that thinking process all the time. Now, you became a coach. And uh, how, how was your approach as a coach? And how were people uh, attending to you as a coach? And what challenges did you experience? So in the beginning, <laughs> in the beginning, my approach was what I saw. So I would see coaches kind of, you know, fussing, you can do this, you know, barking, grabbing at them. And so I, I repeated, I'm learning. I'm like, I know the game as an athlete. Let me learn it as a coach. And I was getting some resistance. As I said, I was, you know, three, four, five years older than some of my athletes. So there was a little resistance. Um, and the change shifted for me when I learned, uh, I'm certified and it's called DISC, but it's the before behavior traits of human beings. And when I learned that there are different personality traits and how to connect. So for me, I learned to connect before I project. So mm -hmm. the coaches that I saw, they were typically, because they build the relationships, they're projecting, do this, do that, do that. And so I, I switched my approach to connecting to the athletes first. And I, I got more out of them when I connected with them first. And so that, that was, you know, at first it was like, hey, this is not going right. to work. So I had to try definitely a different approach to, right, to right. learn how to connect to them um, and, and lead them. And two, I would get in the fire with them. They saw me. So when it was time to run, you know, I ran too. When it's time to work out, I worked out too. Uh, okay. when it's time to wake up early, I was up early as well. So my leadership style is, I, I believe that leadership means going first. And so for me, as a coach, I just took that approach after being shocked at first, right? right, <laughs> right, like, oh, right. This is not going to work. So yeah, I, I had to make that adjustment. Right. Wow. This is fantastic. This is very deep details because it's all about preparing ourselves mindset, particularly in the pandemic. It's kind of making people think a little bit different and some people are not able to cope with that way of thinking anymore because we're not used to this kind of environment. But with you, Michael, I'm going to let people know in the room, we will be taking questions very soon. Uh, so please do get yourself ready and prepared to ask Michael any questions you have, because here's the question. Where is your mind right now? Is your mind in the past or in the present? How are you preparing yourself for the future? Michael is here to give you some of his experience of exactly as a coach and being involved in basketball and how he had to change his mindset. Well, Michael, this is almost like life coaching to me here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's life coaching. And I'm telling you, I've got my information here because you never know what you're delivering here in this show. Somebody will pick it up. Absolutely. Somebody is going to guarantee you pick this up. So, um, 
Now, obviously, you were the coach and you came across challenges and you first connect with the coaches. Tell us some experiences of the results of some of those people in contact with you when you were the coach. What, where are they now? Are they, are they up there where they, they said they were going to be? Or are they, still, <laughs> are they still floating around? <laughs> well, uh, some of them, uh, now you're saying like my particular athletes or the people that I came up with? Uh, kind of both, your athlete and your personal life. Gotcha. So on, on my personal life, uh, some, of, some of my friends that are doing very well. Uh, some of them are, aren't. They, they chose the, the, the negative path. And so they, they begin to, you know, get, get some of those results. As far as for my athletes, you know, I have a lot of, I've been blessed to have some athletes who play, who played at the college level that's doing well. I, I have some athletes that are pros as well. But I think the biggest thing is because I've shifted in what I do and to helping my athletes uh, uh, provide uh, fulfillment after they're done with the sport. I have some athletes now that I, I, I help uh, build their businesses and go through and grow through that next phase of life. So uh, particularly uh, a lot of them, they see me in the speaking space and they want to become speakers. They want to become leaders and then they want to, you know, build their own brand. So I'm able to help them because the thing is, uh, even with some of my coaches, I began to learn that the same thing happens to coaches. Sometimes when coaches are going in between jobs, they go through that, 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 that gap as well. Like, whoa, what am I going to do? I just got fired here. And so I helped them build their, their own thing. I know a lot of people that go through, well, let me get a logo and let me get a name. And it's like, well, it's a lot to do after that. You know, you put into a lot of work <laughs> of preparing the Yes You Can podcast and, and just helping them understand there is so much more to do after that. So um, that is where they are. You know, I have some who, who went down uh, a bad path and they're, they're, they're going through that thing. But I have a lot that are, uh, they're doing very well. And, and they are, you know, seeking to grow and, and go to that next level and elevate, as I like to say. Okay, so that's a testament that made you really proud about your achievement, then. Oh, absolutely! I love it. Uh, I love getting those calls. Nothing helps me. I, I just got one yesterday. Nothing helps oh, that makes me feel better. And then one of my athletes, he said, "Coach, I'm thinking about starting a new business. How is your schedule? I want to talk about what I need to do next." And I'm like, "Yes." You could have right. went to anybody else in the world, but you came to me because you know, like, and trust the things that I say, and you understand and see that I, I not only have your best interests at heart, but I'm going to help you execute and get to the next level. Right, right. Okay. Before we take a commercial break, there's one key that comes to me. You mentioned it. People use this word a lot, leadership, to be a leader, to be a leader. But what I found out, people don't know what a leader is or understand the concept of being a leader. Now, you being a coach, when you say to somebody a leader, for the sake of our listeners, what makes a leader and how they can become a leader from your experience? From my experience, uh, a leader is someone that I said a little earlier, someone who, who doesn't mind to take the initiative to go first. Um, not only going first, but a leader is someone who's willing to stick with it when things go rough they can corral everybody else and help see the bigger picture, right? So the pandemic per se, when the pandemic hit, you know what I'm saying, as a leader, are you the type of person who got out, who was willing to serve and do what you can do for your community? 
You know, a leader doesn't have to be anything that has to be deep or given titles. A leader is someone who steps in and do the work without a title. It's right. in your heart to take right. control and to, to make impact no matter where you are. So you could be a, a, a leader, of course, first leader in your family, you know, by showing what it looks like. Uh, not even, even if it's not necessarily the actions that you take, uh, like your kids may not be the same thing that you are, but you can show your kids what it looks like uh, to work hard. You can show your kids what it looks like to be good to other people. You can show your kids, you know, what it looks like to deal with adversity or how to make a way out of no way. And so it's just you showing others through your actions um, what it looks like to make an impact. Absolutely. Very, very important key there. And that came to my mind is when you look at a lion, a lion leaves, a lion doesn't follow. Mm. That's why he's the king of the king of the jungle. Yes. Because he leads, but he don't follow. But the sheep follows, but he doesn't leave. Mm. <laughs> Impactful. Impactful. Uh, and so you as a coach, I think you get that kind of feel when people come into your presence, you know who's going to lead and who's going to follow. And if you're, and I'll tell you what, being a coach, it's a lot of responsibility, which most people don't understand. Oh, it's a job. I can get in there nine to five. Uh, 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 uh. I'm sure you can relate to that, Michael. Being a coach, it's a lot of responsibility carrying on your shoulders and getting people to be where they're supposed to be, which is part of your business, what you're doing, especially athletes, to find the true potential in them. They've got to be a leader. And some people don't realize the leadership is in them, but they don't know it's there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's definitely it's big because, as you said, um, there's so many responsibilities. Not only sometimes I had to learn as a leader, not only do we carry the weight of leading those individuals, sometimes we carry the weight of the lack of execution. Right. Because if I know that you're a leader and I know that that you have potential, I may carry the weight sometimes of mm. I can't stand the fact that you're not being your best version of yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, mm. come on, you could be so much better. Sometimes I carry that weight of like, yo, I just can't wait till the light bulb go off in your head that you're, you're so great. You, right. you can dominate. You know what? Sometimes as a leader, you deal with people who don't have confidence in themselves. And it's mm -hmm. like, it's like, you're so skillful, but you don't have confidence. And so you're underperforming because mm -hmm. that and sometimes you know you carry those weights and the time that we spend away from our families you know what i'm saying sometimes you're engulfed in it even when we're not physically with our athletes in our minds you're watching tv but i'm thinking about oh man i need to prepare for this oh i need to do this right. you know such and such is going on at their home i need to help with this and so it, it never stops it's an ongoing thing even with the adults that i coach it's like oh how can i help make them better Right, I'm always right. thinking about how can I help make them better? And so it doesn't go off. The light switch as a coach typically doesn't go off. I, I need to do better, but it doesn't go off. Absolutely. Well, as you think, we've got Michael Burham with us all the way from the United States. And here's his title, When the Ball Goes Flat. When that ball goes flat, you've got to start thinking your thinking cap on and start thinking ahead on exactly what you need to do in order to move through. So what we're going to do, we're going to have another commercial break and we will be coming straight back and we're going to be listening to Michael Burham again to share with us about when your career comes to an end. What is your next step? So ladies and gentlemen, we'll be coming straight back after this commercial break. How do you react when your plans fall through? 
Do you roll with the punches? Or does anxiety keep you from enjoying life? To a great extent, our personality determines how we deal with stress in our lives. In this hectic time we are living in, people lead an increasingly stressful life. Experts state that a little stress can be good, it keeps you sharp and ready to move forward, and is sometimes vital for achieving optimum performance. However, medical research has determined that prolonged stress is very bad for the body, and can block the body's natural ability to repair, regenerate and protect itself. Over 90% of disease is caused by stress. Stress is both a physical and psychological response. It can lead to chronic disease, obesity, insomnia, deteriorating relationships, depression, and more. We must remember that we will always come across inevitable factors that cause pressure and anxiety on us. What we do not know is that it is not really the problems that are difficult to deal with, but our attitude towards them. Are you are struggling to identify those signs of stress or experiencing some emotional blockages? Simply email Trevor a stress relief and emotional intelligence coach at info at livingyourgoodlife.co.uk. Get your free 30 minutes personal transformation breakthrough session. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we're right back with Michael Barham. And boy, what a information we're getting on this show today. And I'm sure many of you may be ex-athletes or athletes. This is definitely a show for you to be able to hear exactly what Michael is saying as an experienced coach who is still doing great work to change the lives of some of these athletes. So, Michael, we're moving on to something now which is very interesting. You have now wrote a book. So, yeah. tell us a little bit about the book. So, uh, I, I wrote the book. It was something that had been on my heart for a long time. Um, and I think the biggest thing was with the pandemic going on, I knew that uh, in, in, in the NCAA, they had granted eligibility to the seniors an extra year. Well, what that did was that knocked out the high school athletes receiving scholarships uh, the way that they would normally do because they didn't have a lot of scholarships available. So I knew that the ball was about to go flat and a lot of uh, athletes' lives is a whole lot faster than it normally would. And so I was, I, I was like, I can't sleep on this vision. I can't sleep on this problem because it needs to be addressed. And so um, I, I got with my coach. We, we wrote the book, um, With the Ball Goes Flat, um, Athletes Got to Rise Up and Pursue Purpose Out the Sport. So the book is mainly about that, the personal development, that, that personal work that you have to do, right? Because we talked about how the, the emotional part that we go through after going through that thing, you know, getting out of that victim pool, making those shifts in your life, as well as finding that a lot of times when we, we look at uh, certain things in our lives, it's like, well, I'm just good at it. We don't understand you're good at it because it's a gift of yours. It's a skill of yours. So like helping them first identify those gifts and skills that they have personally that they can use to help lead them towards, you know, their purpose as well as, you know, talking about the power of serving. I think for me, the, the reason why I became a coach because I was seeking to serve, right? I was looking to, to serve and help. And then I accidentally became a head coach. I was just put in that place. But it was through the power of serving where I, I was able to help and, and build a skill that led me to purpose. So, you know, just going through that process and it, it's written 
to the, the athlete is him, him, him or herself or the person who's going through the problem. I know a lot of people write books and it's just about their lives. This is me specifically talking to the problem and helping someone through the process. I talked about my story, but it's more driven to solve the problem than about me itself. Right. Now you mentioned you were, you were provoked to get this book out there. You were provoked mm -hmm. to write about it. Now, what was putting you up from writing it? Uh, and why did you decide to get onto this book? It's been going on for a long, long time. So what's happened now? So uh, I was provoked. I was provoked because, you know, I didn't want, I wanted to do my part. I was thinking like the pandemic is going on. How can I make an impact? How can I do my part? Right. Uh, and so for me, I was like, well, I could do my part by providing a tangible tool to help these athletes get through what's going on. Now, the other part was I was provoked because I was sitting on something that I wanted to do execution. You know what I'm saying? was, was, was literally hurting my heart. I was like, man, I want to do this. I can't okay. keep putting it off. And so um, my book coach that I work with, Jasmine Womack, uh, she's an expert in this field and what she do. And she was like, well, we can get this done in 90 days. It's about you locking in and being committed to the process. And I was like, ooh. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, I got to get committed to the process. So I literally, I stopped. In the midst of going through all of this, um, my wife was pregnant. Um, and then we ended up having my baby girl. I was in the hospital still editing and doing what I needed to do um, while while uh, my wife, was, well, after my, my, my daughter was uh, delivered because I understood how important it was to get the project completed because the problem is too big to ignore. Right, right. And where is the book at the moment? Is it Amazon or Bookshop? Yes. So, so it's, it's everywhere. Um, Amazon, um, uh, my website, uh, they can get it on Amazon or they can get it on my website. Uh, you know, walmart.com. The biggest thing, if you're in, in, in the UK, it's best to, right. to go to Amazon so that you can yeah. get it, but you can find it on Amazon when the ball goes flat, uh, and, and you can get it there. Right. Okay. So would you say this book can apply to those who are not athletes as well? Oh, absolutely. I think the, the principles that are in there, are very tangible and it applies to anyone. You know, if you're on a job, as you said a little earlier, if you're on a job and they walk in there and they tell you, you know, well, we have to cut back down the ball, the opportunity, the ball going flat is just the opportunity. So when the opportunity goes flat for you, what do you do next? How do you mm -hmm. get out of that funk, that mm -hmm. mental funk? How do you lock in and become a, a different person? Because every level, requires a different you so you're going into another level how do you build yourself up to get to that point where you're ready to go into the next level of life so absolutely it is for uh anybody who is willing to rise up make change and apply the things that they need to go to the next level wow i'm so glad is that your first book or you have any other books it's it's my second book. The first book, uh, I was a, it was a joint book where I just had a chapter in talking about overcoming being a fatherless child. But it's my first book on my own. Right. Okay. Now let me ask you this, Michael. Has it surprised you? Now you've got these book. Is anything in that book surprised you about you? Absolutely. Going through the process, just looking at my growth because I didn't think about it until I had to face some of those things again. Um, it definitely surprised me getting it done. So here's the thing. I wanted to do this five years ago. I got it done in three months. 
And that surprised me from an execution level. I was like, right. I didn't know that I can execute like that. Yes. But it was me putting everything aside and locking in on the mission and the vision, and I got it done. And so that definitely surprised me. I didn't know that was in me. So for me, the, the belief level in myself and the right. things that I could do went to another level. Right, right. So I can imagine you're using that same level of sharp mindset with your clients now, and they're getting sharp too, right? Oh, absolutely. I, I, I now have a, a, a level of, uh, of pressure that I put on my clients now of, you know, no, no more excuses, just execute because, you know, I had the same entertainment. I had a child that was being born. You know, I had, I was furloughed from work. Um, I had all of these, uh, obstacles coming towards me and I got it done. And so it just helps me speak to a level of, in spite of what's going on, you can do it too. Absolutely. Well, Michael, I'm telling you, this is worthwhile to show because we know that people out there are looking for information or something that can give them the urge to get out that comfort zone to start thinking differently in this situation that we're in. And ladies and gentlemen, this is an opportunity for you now to come in and ask Michael any questions. Now, there are two ways you can do this. You can put it in the chat or you can unmute yourself, which you will see a nice unmute and you can put your question forward to Michael. So those who are in the room, it's an opportunity. Please do go ahead and mute yourself. And if you have any questions, or you can put it in the chat while we're waiting. Okay, go ahead. Anybody in the room? Are you an athlete? Are you somebody thinking about what you need to do about your career or making any headways? We'd love to hear from you as well. Okay, so what we'll do, Michael, is just give us an idea of your, while we're waiting for anybody who might want to ask any questions. You set up your own company, right? Absolutely. Okay, right. So tell us a little bit about the, the company. What's the main aims and objectives of the company? Gotcha. So the, the name of my company is Porsche Elevation. And so uh, it came to me, I thought it was going to be about just basketball, but uh, as I began to grow inside of myself and learn my main objective every day is to elevate those around me. And it's not always easy because you find yourself having to push people through, you know, adverses push people through life. Um, now, the main thing that I do now is um, I have a, a coaching program called Rise Up Academy. So that is where after my athletes or, or coaches, they go through the transition of figuring out what's next. I specifically take them through leadership, speaking and coaching and help them understand, you know, first, as we talked about earlier, what is leadership? Understanding your leadership style by taking them through an assessment, um, you know, help, helping them understand the responsibilities of leadership, uh, helping them understand how to be a better speaker and communicator, because no matter what business it is or what you're trying to do, you have to be able to communicate and be a communicator and show them um, how to speak professionally, how to get booked and paid as a speaker, and then take them through their coaching program, um, help them build it step by step so they'll help. So I just use their expertise. So if you're a nail tech who wants to show other people how to, to do nails, you know, if you're a coach who wants to, to teach your philosophy, you know what I'm saying? So whatever it is, help them build that coaching program and that community of other believers. So that is the main thing that I'm leaning on uh, for the rest of the year. It's just helping people, you know, go to another level as a leader, speaker, and as a coach. Okay, right. So what age group are people coming to you at the moment? Um, young ones, so, older ones? 
So uh, right now at the moment, it's that 25 to 34 age range that I'm, I'm typically getting and working with. Um, they're the ones who are kind of hitting that, 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 that wall of, hey, I'm ready to, to do a little bit better. They're seeking growth. They're seeking uh, that next level of life. And so um, that's the age group that is coming to me at the moment. Okay. So are you dealing with U.S. clients only or are you dealing with international? So uh, at the moment, I've only dealt with U.S. clients. I'm definitely open, open to international. Uh, I'm just about adding value however I can, wherever I can. It, the, the, where you are doesn't exclude you from, from growing and going to another level. All right. And one good thing about it, the world is so big, there's so much areas we can touch we've not touched yet. So it's an open market right now for you, right? Worldwide. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, fantastic. Um, just for people who might want to get in touch with you, what's your contact details? Because I'm, I'm going to give people in the room an opportunity. So if you want to ask any question, I always say this, it doesn't matter how silly the question is, it's still a question. That question could be the open door opportunity for you based on when the ball is flat, you have an idea exactly what you need to do. So please, we're gonna be allowing you the opportunity to ask the questions, you can unmute yourself or you can put the questions in the chat. So Michael, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, you have a website, you have an email. Absolutely, if they wanna get in contact with me, they can get in contact with me on my website. It's Michael, www.michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L, Barham, B-A-R-H-A-M, Elevates, E-L-E-V-A-T-E-S.com. Um, you can also find me at Michael Barham Elevates on all social media platforms. You can DM me and uh, inbox me and say, hey, I heard you on the Yes, You Can podcast, you know, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, Twitter. You can find me on all of those platforms as Michael Barham Elevates. Well, Michael, what can I say? It's been a, such an honor to have you. And uh, I'm wishing you all the best with what you are doing. And I do definitely want to keep in touch with you because there's some real key information you've given to us tonight that benefits you for athletes and those who are not athletes. So for those who are listening, I wanted to ask you, Michael, what would your final word be to anybody out there now? What would your final word be? Uh, I guess my final word would be, yes, you can. Like, it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter the adversity. It doesn't matter how uh, underskilled you are. You can have average skill and a phenomenal will. You still can do it. You know, don't allow uh, what has happened to your life to stop you from what is to come. You still can make the rest of your life the best of your life. Only if you believe in your mind that you are worthy and you can do it. So yes, you can. You can get whatever it is behind that, you put it there. So yes, I can. Whatever that is, you can do it. Absolutely. So, Michael, what could we say? Thank you for your insight. Thank you for your, your delivering. It's been so insightful. And I'm sure our listeners, you've got some benefit out of that. And I'd say, please do get in touch with Michael. If you are an athlete or a non-athlete, and do get in touch with him with the information he's being given and the website. And again, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back again next week, Thursday, with another guest. And I just want to let you know you can get in touch with me if you need to. If you want to be a guest on info at livingyourgoodlife.co. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to say thank you for being part of it. And Michael, we're looking forward to hearing more about you out worldwide and seeing your book worldwide. So uh, I believe somebody said, could you type the website address? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Typing in now. Okay.
So there you are, ladies and gentlemen. The opportunity is there for you now, and you can actually get in touch with them with the website. And like I said, you know, you never know until you try, and you never know until you ask. There's no harm to ask, and there's no harm to try. And Michael has put his details forward there for you, and he's on a mission, evaluating to change the life of athletes worldwide. So once again, ladies and gentlemen, I want to say thank you for coming on and thank you for attending. It's been an honor to have you. And uh, at this moment in time, take care of yourself and look after yourself and we shall see you all again. Take care.